Hello, this is Frank Cobbs, and this is Truth in the Word. And today, we are going to be looking at the sin nature. Uh, We are going to be looking at the necessity of a Savior and how those two tie together. Okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you give us wisdom and knowledge into your word that you'll give us insight, God, that you will give us understanding and interpretation. And I ask for wisdom as we navigate through this very timely subject. And we give you all the praise and glory in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay, let's look at uh, Genesis. Uh, Let's start in, uh, well, let's just start in Genesis. How about that? It's very, very interesting. You know, the thing we got to understand about the Bible when we start reading it and looking at it is that God gives us the information that we need. We got to understand that when we see these things and we see the events begin to unfold, it doesn't necessarily give us all of the history that is there or all of the timeline that is there. Um, so that's why the Bible tells us in Second Timothy chapter two verse fifteen to study to show ourselves approved, a workman unto God that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, so I just want to we're going to skip around here a little bit in Genesis, but we're going to start in Genesis chapter one, verse one. It says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void." And darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Now what we're doing here is I just want to establish that God is the Creator. He has created everything that we see. There's nothing the Bible tells us in John chapter 1 that was created that was not created without Him speaking of the Word, which is Jesus Christ, as we well know. So what I want to do is I want to skip down here a little bit, and I want to just show where uh, God created man. And starting in verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. In other words, God created this planet that we call Earth, or God called Earth, actually, for man. He gave it to man. It was created for us, and he gave us authority as to what would take place here. And uh, so this is where we're going to start looking at the fall, why we have uh, sin on the earth, why we have death, murder, pain, disease, uh, theft, uh, perversion, you just, any stripe of sin that you want to name, 
this is what we're going to look at, why we have it here, and what can be done about it. Um, there's, there's much that we're going to say. There's just so much to unpack here. I don't want to rush through it because this is actually part one. I failed to mention that in the beginning. This is going to be part one because this is going to take a while to get through and to make sure that we do it justice. Now, um, well, with that said, let's just move forward. So now we know that God gave them dominion over everything. We know that God gave Adam his wife, Eve, and we, we know that uh, because the Bible tells us that, that they would walk with God in the cool of the day and he would teach them and then or teach Adam. And Adam's job was to teach his wife. And we know that Satan fell beforehand and we understand that uh, we were created here to be worshipers of God. And because we're created in the image of God and Satan hates God, he hates us. Now, some people say that Satan hates us because we took his position. Well, no, that's not necessarily true because he lost his position as a worship leader in heaven. And yes, we were placed here to worship him, but we didn't take the place of the worship of angels. If you go uh, read Revelation chapter 4, you will see that there is 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, worship taking place in heaven. The angels are worshiping him, the cherubim, the seraphim, the people that are in heaven now, they worship him. So we've taken no one's place. Um, Satan hates us because he hates God and we are created in God's image. We're God's children. And when he sees us, he sees God. So therefore he hates us for that fact. He has no desire to worship God. So we didn't take his position. He forfeited it. And, um, so yeah, that has nothing to do with it. Uh, they're, they're wrong in that respect. Um, as far as us taking his position, no. He, he forfeited it. He didn't want it. And there's still worship taking place in heaven. Mighty worship. Now I want to look at something here. In, hmm, in, we're still in Genesis. I scrolled down a little too far. Now, let's see. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, we're at verse 29. It says, And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth. And every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so, then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, I want us to scroll down here to chapter 3. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, 
Remember that God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, I want to interject this here. Why I said earlier that, that God does not give us all of the history he doesn't give us all of the timeline, but he just gives us the events here that took place so that we may learn from them. But we know the Bible says that we are not ignorant to the devil's devices. So we know that the enemy will come again and again and again and again, presenting the same thing to weaken your perception of it and to weaken your faith and so forth and to, to draw your attention away from what God said. This is a tactic that has been used by wicked people. Um, in the uh, during the Holocaust, there was a, a man in the uh, in the Nazi Party, and his name was Joseph Goebbels, and he said that if you tell a lie often enough, it will become truth. So we know. That we see this happening today as well with transgenderism and homosexuality and, and everything else, which are actually passing laws to make sin, you know, acceptable and legal or whatever they want to say. But they put it in the commercials, they're putting it in sitcoms or putting it in movies because they know if they put it in front of you long enough, it will become normal. Uh, years ago, I spoke with a gentleman that uh, had a nice conversation with him. He retired and he had owned a, a, a small chain of self of full service gas stations and he told me that he remembered back in the day whenever they first started coming around with self-service gas stations that they just laughed at it and said it was a flash in the pan that it would never take hold he's they were like i mean who's going to pump their own gasoline well you know at my age i have been to multiple full service gas stations but at the same time, uh, full service gas—I mean, uh, self-service gas stations weren't anything that I was not accustomed to. Uh, grew up while they existed, so it was, it was a norm. Uh, now there's generations that that's the only thing that they know. There's never been any other way, and we're seeing the same thing take place with self-serve um, checkouts. I've had people say, "Well, that'll never—it'll never last." Well, yes, it will. They'll they'll do it the same way they did with the um, gas stations, and they do it they do it a little at a time. They offer the self service. They show you that it's a convenience. The short lines are shorter, and so on, and get you used to seeing them and then being there. And then there's certain times of the mornings when you go into certain uh, box stores that the only way that you can get out of there is if you go to the self service. So then you've got to go through it's that or come back later. So you'll go ahead and do it, and it's conditioning to normalize things. And it won't be long that there will be a generation that comes up behind ours that will see it as completely normal. They will know in, in, they will know no other way, and it will just be a part of life. And so much has taken place. Uh, you look at our food system, same way. So much of the stuff that we eat is not healthy, but it's been around for so long that it's just normal now. Well, that's what the enemy does, and I believe that's what he did here with Eve because of this. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, it says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, 
She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Now, I want you to notice that God said that if you eat of this particular tree, that it will bring death. And of course, we know it did. It not only brought ushered in death, but it brought disease, perversion, murder, hate, malice. Every form of sin that you can imagine came from the fall of them being disobedient and eating this tree. But, but look how the deception changed her perception of what God said about this tree. The tree will no longer bring death. She now sees it as a tree that will, give, that will make one wise because the enemy changed her perception. So before we go any further than that, you've you got to ask yourself a question. Look at your own life. What may be going on in your own life that the enemy has been able to change your perception in that you don't see it that it's that big of a deal or you see it now that it's okay even though the Word of God says not to. There's many Christians today that view uh, sex outside of marriage different as long as you love each other or even homosexuals because they love each other and, and so on. And all of these different stripes of sin that we now try to uh, normalize or or uh, take the severity out of it. But And we ignore what God said. God said this tree, if the day that you partake of it, you will die. And they didn't fall down dead at that time, but they brought in death. Man was never meant to die, ever. He was meant to live for eternity as he ate from the tree of life. And it was mercy that God put them out of the garden so that they would not eat of the, the uh, tree of life and, and spend all of eternity in this fallen state. It, it, that would be horrible. You know, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And when a loved one dies, yes, it is heart-wrenching. It is heartbreaking. I have dealt with death many times in my life. I'm, I'm going to be 53 years old soon. And I've dealt with, with loved ones dying and friends dying and so on. And, and it brings grief and it, and it hurts the heart. But it was God's mercy that appointed man wants to die so that we would not have someone like, say, Joseph Stalin that would live for all eternity or, or Hitler that would live for all eternity or even for someone like ourselves dealing with our own fallen, wretched flesh for all eternity. It's by God's grace that our, our physical body passes. And for those of us that know the Lord, it's, it's, it's a passing through to go spend all of eternity with a living God. So we get, we, as Christians, we have a different view of death. Yes, when, when loved ones die, it hurts. But if they die in the Lord, praise God, we're not only going to see them, but now they're walking in the rewards and no more pain, no more aging, no more sin nature. And before the Lord and witnessing the worship that Revelation chapter 4 talks about. Just an amazing thing. So you got to ask yourself that. What, what's in my life that I may be um, toning down in severity? You know, what kind of entertainment am I partaking in? What kind of music am I partaking in? Uh, what kind of friends 
am I keeping? What what type of attitude am I justifying? There's so many things we need to sit and reflect in our own lives and see if we've been deceived and allow the enemy to change our perception of what God says is right and what God says is not right. Because when the Bible says that we're to be as he is, be holy for I am holy. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that we are to walk this walk as Christ did. These things are impossible outside of Christ, but they can certainly be obtained in Christ. But these are questions we must forever ask ourselves because you got to understand something. God is scrutinizing our walk. He loves us. He is there. He's pouring grace into our lives. He's given us the power to be sons and daughters of God. His grace gives us the ability to walk this walk, to live this life, to live a sin-free life as far as um, habitual, um, uh, purposely committed sins. We don't, we don't live that way. We're not controlled by the sin nature. Does that mean we never fail? Absolutely not. Does it mean we're without sin? Well, of course not. Our flesh is not without sin, but we do not have to walk in sin. We should not walk in sin. We should walk circumspectly and holy and righteous as Christ did because to be a Christian is to take on Christ's character. To be born again means that your, your satanic fleshly nature dies and you start taking on the characteristics of Jesus Christ as the sanctification process comes along and we mature in God and in his word. Amen. Okay. Now we we see where that that uh, obtain that that um changed her perception. Now watch this. Uh verse 7 of chapter 3 in Genesis says then the eyes of both of them were open. All of a sudden the realization of their wrong perception took place. And I want to, I want to, we're going to talk a few minutes here about that because Adam's perception really wasn't altered so much. And I'll get to that in just a moment, but it says, and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering such as, as flesh. We want to cover and hide our own sins, which cannot be done. It takes the blood of Jesus Christ. And of course, we'll see that later on here where we see that God shed blood for the first time to cover sin. But now, the reason why this sin was laid at Adam's feet, because, see, Adam wasn't deceived. Adam was in open rebellion. Adam didn't know what sin was. He didn't know what death was, for the most part, other than what God possibly taught him. But he never experienced any of it. He never, he's never seen hate, malice, murder, perversion, homosexuality. No, he's never seen any of these things. So these sins were not in front of him. What, what his sin was, was disobedience because he walked with God. God taught him. His job was to teach his wife. And he was there and he allowed his wife to be uh, deceived. And when she brought that fruit to him, he didn't eat it on accident. God wouldn't have punished him for for an unknowing sin he knew what he was doing when she ate of the fruit and seen that she didn't fall down dead because he didn't understand what death was he took the fruit in open rebellion against god and that's why the bible says that death came into this world through one man because adam knew better okay that's why the judgment for those 
that do not know God will have no excuse because his word, especially in the United States of America, you can still walk into many stores and, and purchase a Bible. You can go on the Internet and purchase as many as you would like. So to, ignorance is not an excuse because we have the ability to learn and know God. What it, what it boils down to is, is we don't want him is what it comes down to. So, so humanity fell. Now, I just want to discuss that for a moment. Because the reason why Satan went after Adam was this. Whenever we read that God told them to go and be one flesh and to go and, and, and um, repopulate the earth, as it were, they are to leave their father and mother and come together as one flesh. And what that means is they are to come together as one reproductive system. Um, this is important to see that God gave us uh, procreation and the reason that he gave us procreation and um, why it's so significant in the birth of Christ. Okay, that's going to conclude part one of this series on the sin nature and the necessity of a Savior. If you would like to reach me here, you can contact me via email, frankjhobbs at yahoo.com. That is F-R-A-N-K-J-H-O-B-B-S dot com. Thank you and God bless.